0: podcast is part of the sports
1: social podcast network hello and welcome to another episode of courtside fracker i'm joined by uh three merry men um this morning very early in the morning actually so i appreciate you all getting up on time that was great shack i'm stunned to be honest um h- how are you doing
0: i'm good i can't even lie i watched ufc and nba last night
1: so you're riding you're riding a high right now aren't you
0: yeah, like, you know, when you're the best team in the East, you accept that, and it's normal. I mean, that's your champions, apparently, but, you know, it's take a W sometimes. It's
1: yeah, we'll, we'll get into your heat. Uh, Sai, how's
2: it going, man? I'm good, man. I'm on the ropes, I can't lie. I can, I can imagine. Peppering, peppering the group chat at 5am, so. Yeah. Good, good <laughs> on
1: you lot, man. I think I, like, woke up <laughs> out of my sleep around six, and I saw, like, 80 messages in the chat, and then... um. Uh, I went back to sleep. Um, yeah, well done, guys. Um, that's the dedication that you get here at Courtside Fracker from the from the panelists. And uh, yes, how's it going, mate?
3: All good, man. Not good. just not just messages. Some of us are out here clipping video for the Twitter. Right? God knows
2: what. Exactly. Time as
3: well, exactly.
2: Making mini movies and
3: mini <laughs> yeah. movies. That Charlotte Warriors
2: was a mini movie. The end of that game, <laughs> I was,
3: I was pissing myself It was how how at your big age Draymond can you still not just hold it down for 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 a bit just like they said it, they said at the end as well he goes in and he apologized to everyone and they're like yeah no that's just what kind of leader he is like he takes it on the chin no no be a better leader and don't get a technical in the last nine seconds bro don't get ejected from the game yeah
1: yeah, yeah, you'd think you'd have learned by now, but you don't get that without the, the other side of the dream So I guess you, you live you live with it, don't you? Um, you mentioned the Twitter page. For those of you who are regular listeners um, and you haven't followed the Twitter page, I'd be shocked if there are any of you left. But if you haven't followed the Twitter page, which is at courtsidefracker, uh, we've got an Instagram page now. Uh, you can guess at courtsidefracker as well. Uh, we're trying to get some feedback from our listeners. So we've uh, sent around a survey uh, we'll, we'll clip it to the the bio of this episode and we'll post that on the Twitter page as well. So if you could kindly give us some feedback, what you like, what you don't like. um, Yeah, we like to hear from our listeners. Helps us uh, stay on our toes. And finally, subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is uh, part of Touchline Media, but we've got our own little section on there. Um, so with that being said... Um, Let's get into some of this week's news. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, some milestones being passed by some some veterans, some legends, some future Hall of Famers. Uh, I'll start with LeBron. So, 35,000 points, my word. Um, he's the third player to do it, uh, youngest to do it. Uh, it wasn't a loss to your net, si. Um We were talking about scoring uh, milestones with Melo a few weeks ago. Um, so, I'll start with you just to get your thoughts on uh, LeBron hitting that 35,000
2: points mark. Crazy yeah it's outstanding achievement um it it, it's sort of contextualized by the fact that he spent literally half of his life in the nba so it's it's one of those funny ones where obviously as i said last week uh the longevity is a massive massive component of his career and legacy um credit to him for keeping himself in shape and he's been balling out so no complaints on my side
1: yeah um Shaq, 35,000 points.
0: Youngest to ever do it. And he's done it in style, you know, averaging uh, The thing is with me with the 35,000 points is, is whilst shooting 50%, he's, he's insane. Yeah. Yeah.
1: um, There's not much more you can say. It's only a matter of time before I think he takes the, the number one spot from Kareem. Like when when you look at how high it is, it's 38,000 points Kareem's got. Um, it's one of those records that you don't envision anyone playing long enough to be able to beat. Um, it's testament to how long he's managed to, to stay healthy, um, hopefully against your Celtics. Yes, he, he breaks that record. Um, and the, the, the other record I wanted to talk about was um, Chris Paul. 9,888 assists, gone past Oscar Robertson uh, to be fifth all time. Um, yes, I know you're a Chris Paul acolyte. So just, just a few thoughts on the man um and the record
3: i think it's it's easy to get overshadowed when you've got things like lebron and, and whatever and obviously lebron in his 18th year is still in the mvp race and everything like that but chris paul i touched on it a little bit on wednesday is having an amazing season again um he's the best player on his team again he's mentoring people like devin booker as he has been for the last few years in twilight of his career like young players have benefited off him massively and yeah he's just he's just playing amazing basketball every single night and and he's a joy to watch still despite despite the age despite only being on his third team in, in as many years um he's just class
2: just yeah. look at Shaq's face after you said he was the best
1: player on the sun. <laughs> yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come to you Shaq because this is about I'm appreciating this is about appreciating Chris Paul uh yeah. I love Chris Paul but you know yeah um, so he he's looks like he's going to very soon break that 10,000 uh, assists uh, barrier. He'd be the fifth player to do that. Um, all things being said and done, I think he'll finish third or fourth uh, in, in that list. I don't think he's going to catch Jason Kidd, who's got 12,000, and John Stockton, who's got 15,000. So, yeah, um, but LeBron's only a few hundred behind Chris Paul, so depending on which one of them's going to hang up there, hang up there, Sneakers first. Um, Yeah, that's going to be interesting watching them go up the list. Um, Let's talk All-Stars a bit, guys. Um, So, yeah, we've had the votes come in. We're going to have the coaches vote in the next few days. Um, We'll start with the Western Conference All-Stars. You've got Jokic, LeBron, Kawhi, uh, Steph and Doncic. Uh,
0: Shaq, what are your thoughts? The, The part I'm slightly disappointed in is the Kawhi choice as cold as he is but I would have rather Paul George in this one especially coming from that team I mean Kawhi's averaging more points but this year Paul George has actually put on a show and for an all-star game like Kawhi is Kawhi we get it but I'm just there to be entertained and I'd rather see a Paul George windmill than a Kawhi two-hander that's just gonna bounce off the rim and walk away and not even smile um with the choices I'm like, it's, it's the all-star game. You expect what you expect. You're going to see the stars. But I actually wanted to see, like, a Paul George start etc. And I think some of the votes were up and down so far. So, yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's, the, it's the fans, isn't it? They're, they're going to vote for who they want to vote for. Obviously, Paul George being injured for the last few weeks has probably played a part uh, in that as well. Um, looking at the Eastern uh, Conference starters, you got Kyrie, Bradley Bill, KD, uh Yanis and Embiid Um yes. Any any thoughts, anyone you think sh- should doesn't deserve to be there?
3: No, nah, I think I think East picked itself a little bit. Um I think the only only real bone of contention it's funny when I did way back when first day of voting when I kind of put my teams together, the only real bone of contention was the Doncic Lillard one over in the West, which I think some of the reactions have been a bit over the top even though I think Lillard should have started um I think, I think it's closer than people let on. But not in the East. I think that picks itself, except there's the guard logjam um, in the East. And I think anyone really could have started out of them. Uh, yeah, Bradley Beal, James Harden, Jalen Brown, Kyrie Irving, Zach Levine. If any of them started, for me, I wouldn't have been mad. Even Zach Levine. Like, Zach, Zach Levine has to be all-star this year. I don't care. Yeah. I know Ben, like, kind of like what Shaq said, I don't really want to see Ben Simmons' hyper-efficient defence in the in the All-Star uh, game, they see, I want to see Zach Levine go off. Um, yeah, I feel like he definitely needs to be rewarded. I'd be I'd be a bit a bit frustrated if he isn't. I think he's been unreal this year um, and taking his game to a new level on both ends. But yeah, in terms of the starters, um, the only thing I find interesting is no one's really said, everyone likes to talk about. Ah, oh, but look at the record; they have to be on a winning team, and that was the whole thing for Bill last year. But now this year it's not, I'm not... I, I don't i don't mind i don't mind i'm the most like i'm the most make that an individual award i prefer that person mm-hmm. personally but then i find it interesting that that's that's just gone for bill now this year
1: i i agree with you but my thing is that if it's going to be purely entertainment i don't want all stars to be something a criteria that's used to the when you're summing up some the summation of someone's career he made ten all-star teams well yeah half of the time his team was shit and like it's just because he was putting up loads of buckets on a on a dead team and if, oh, if with how it works
3: though you are where you are Bill got drafted there you hmm. now with the thing you go there on your rookie deal four years you get your restricted free agency three to four years so you, where you are for your first eight years of your career is, is not really up to anyone except for the lottery. So you, if, if you get a draft, if you end up somewhere shit, you end up somewhere shit. And it's like, I don't know, I, especially for All-Star, you could have the most amazing player who is putting up the most amazing numbers, like Bill with his efficient scoring this year and, and in terms of how good he is to watch getting into the paint and his mid-range game and everything like that. And yeah, okay, he has to share the floor with, I don't know, Mo Wagner as his starting centre. I like Mo Wagner. Or that clown Bertans who's been doing my head in for weeks now with his just, with his nothing apart from his shooting, but you can't, I don't know, they can't help it in this league. And I get that, you know, you propel your team because it's a five man game and, and, individuals can elevate their team, but MVP, maybe more so all-star. I feel like there should definitely be some leeway towards the individual.
0: Mm, I agree. Like Devin Booker was an all-star last year. Yeah. And the sun's been trash.
2: Yeah. No, think- the, sun's, the sun's are better than the wizards though. And yeah. I don't know. I, for 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 these type of things like Bill, it was a matter of time before he got the nod. You can only get snubbed so many times before they give you the charity votes anyway. Um, as As Yaz said, the 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 West was the main source of contention. I think Dame Lillard is going to continue to basically get underappreciated until until he goes to LA, basically. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, that 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 Portland uh, chokehold that they've got on him is killing him, um, and killing is protecting really. But um, Bradley Bill deserves to be an all-star. I don't think he'll get many all-stars, so we might as well get out the way so we don't have to talk about it anymore. Um, him starting, yeah, cool. Wow,
3: you went really cynical really quick there, Sai. I thought you were doing a nice little celebration there, and it went into getting out of the way. He won't get many.
2: Yeah, he won't get many. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's literally the way the, the league works. I, I mean... There's there's been guys in the past who have been on bad teams or haven't even been the main star on their team to get multiple all-stars, basically just because of the aesthetics of it. Um Bradley Bill is a fantastic player to watch, but is he more entertaining than James Harden? Probably not. So again, get out of the way. Next year we'll have all the Nets players in the starting five and all we'll will be corrected with the popularity contest. So TikTok boy, this is uh, the net's got you. The got you acting <laughs> different side. Uh, I, I mean, you're not. You're
1: not wrong. Um, you talk about um, the politics behind all-star voting. I don't want to stay on this for too long, but just a play, I quickly want to discuss and get your thoughts on uh, Mike Conley. So, obviously, he's been in the league for about 13 years now. Utah Jazz are, have been fantastic this season. And there's a, a discussion around, does he deserve to make it? Because, obviously, you've got Gobert who's going to make it. And and their main scorer is Donovan Mitchell. Um, Shaq, um, I've already seen you rolling your eyes. And to be honest, I know what sort of guy you are anyway. But I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Mike Conley making the All-Star team this year.
0: Absolutely not. Um... <laughs> no. <Nah>. cool. <It's disgusting. laughs> What are we do? Even why is Rudy Gobert playing? Like, uh, but this is the thing, though. Is it what
3: is it? Harlem Globetrotters or a credit for what you do as a professional? Well, this, is my, this is my thing,
1: though. Yeah, this is where it gets. This is where it gets confusing for me because if it's uh-huh. Harlem Globetrotters, we don't want to see Rudy Goberts in the game. But if it's a uh... Um, reward for having a good season. He deserves to be
0: in there. And so so let's let's, let's put it this go. way. Like, if Kyle Lowry can maybe, get like, sick. I'd rather have Bam or something like that. Like, Rudy go allow it. Like Me, I'm okay. Mike Conley, it's like saying Kyle Lowry again. I've suffered that like 11 times. I'm, I'm okay. If, if
2: he has six, then Mike Conley deserves at least one. like yeah, that's, that's cute. Let's but keep it a
0: buck. But can can be like, I'm, I'm good. I'm trying to
2: see... Competition, like I want to see a little ball. bit of old man game mixed into mixed into. No, the no, I don't,
0: agreed, agreed. Old men, like fix your knees. I'm good, bro. <laughs> like, what, what, what if he doesn't? And I think if he doesn't make it this year, he, he's probably
1: not going to make it ever, and he probably retires as the best player not to make one all star team. Let's so go. I'm, I'm, <laughs> let's go. I'm with you, you side uh, in that regard. Uh, the final thing I wanted to t- catch up with you guys on was um
0: just quickly. That dunk from Anthony Edwards. Ugh,
2: See,
0: in, in NBA, what they need to actually start doing is arresting people. Do you ever think that I would get on the floor like what my man from Raptors done? Get up and keep playing. There's got to be a GBH charge somewhere. That's violence.
1: I can't even lie. Yeah, the fact they like crumpled in a heap afterwards, yeah. All it was missing was like the ball bouncing off the guy's head. And you got up been...
0: <laughs> How are you going to get up and
2: laugh at me? No, 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 no. That was a crime. That was a that crime. Was... That was... You're going to have like a malleable pride if you work in uh, professional sports, because at any moment you could get humiliated. This is the thing though. <laughs> like
3: One day there will be a point where everyone gets so athletic and so mad with it that people just stop contesting and the internet gets so viral where they're just like, I don't want to be done like what Anabi got done. I feel like if we're going to go full humiliation, how now they've got all the social distancing and stuff. Have you seen like the warm-up chairs where sometimes they come off the court and they have to just go sit by themselves? I feel like there should be like a posted chair where if you got done like that, in in front of the whole arena, there's just a section where you have to just go sit there for like 20 minutes just to think about how you got done. Okay, not 20. That's a lot of the game. 10 minutes. Just to think about how you got done. But at the same time, like, at, least he, at least he contested eight, even though he got destroyed. And I think the best thing about it is the photos that have come out. If you actually see where he's gone up, yeah, Edwards, to how far he is away from the rim and how, how far he went through the man in the air, it was
2: unreal. They need to uh, invest in more cameras around the court so they can do the Matrix-style camera tricks. So you can yeah, see you know when cool people are like, on the red carpet and it, and it does the freeze,
3: Oh, scene. man. Um, that
1: man got but, but,
2: but, is, but I don't know if you
3: saw, but his efficiency wasn't great. Yeah, yeah well, we'll have to talk about that <laughs> on, a, on, a, on
1: a later pod and, and, and the state of NBA reporting um, and analysis. Um, what kills me as well is always the reaction from the teammates. So it was a Raptors bench we could see in camera. So I think it's Siakam and somebody else, and they're just there like, you can just see them just sitting there trying not to react. And then you've got, it's always like end of bench guys. Like, listen, I get five
3: minutes a night if that. I, I, he ain't my friend. Uh, one guy got up, just like he just got up and walked away. The one who got up and walked off. I don't know who it was, but that killed me. He just got up and he was gone. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And that was the afters. After everyone's got over the dunk, someone online will just start looking for the things no one notices and, and pointing them out. It's, it's amazing. It's the,
1: little, the little quirks within, within the, the moment. Cool. Um, let, let's get on to some NBA chatter, um, I'm going to start with you Shaq because you, you don't usually bless us with your presence so when you are here it's good to get some feedback from you um, let's talk Miami Heat basketball um, you won last night against the Lakers 96-94 so I can imagine what sort of game that was, uh, that brings you up to 13-17 and 17 for the season um, if my maths is right I think that makes you the 10th seed in the East Um Indeed. Let, let's talk so on it. it. Let's talk just on because, it. Just
3: because, just because there are listeners who maybe have not seen that team, the Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder less Lakers. Thank you, morale. Cheers. Off, off we go. Cheers, Nelson. Oh, so that's <laughs> I mean, the enemy. You
2: know, wow. So, so that's what we're doing.
0: Okay, cool. Okay. I just think. I just think this is an important. I didn't role. want. I didn't, take, I didn't didn't want, want, want to take. I didn't want to take like, it.
3: There might be people locking in, thinking, "What? They raw? Okay. But you know, it's an important detail. See, you can only play. I not want to take time, it there, but
0: yeah. You can only play what's in front of you. you know. <laughs> and to be fair, if they Facts. play, and what? Like, that's light. It's cool. Like, no, nah, with the heat talk, at the talk, moment... Talk to us. With the heat at the moment, like, you know, we're in a funny place. Um, Obviously, now the squad's actually back. But like, Avery Bradley and there was no drug itch and that guy, Harkless, that we don't need anyway. But, um... We're in a funny place because we're still trying to figure out rotations and certain like prime positions. So last night we started with Kendrick Nunn, Kelly Olinick, Butler, Adebayo and Duncan Robertson. It's, it's a weird starting lineup for us. We've usually gone with um, Tyler Harrell starting that point. I think Harrell only played something like 13 points yesterday and um, 13 minutes less yesterday and dropped like five points. It was a touch and go kind of game for us um the game was actually kind of boring if you actually went and watched it like it wasn't the most entertaining sometimes it was just brun pounding the ball kuzma had a good game but with the team again i think we dropped something like eight of 28 three pointers that's very unlike us duncan was just trash from three he shot like one of five one of six so it was a bad game for us and that's like the season for us so far bar the times when we was doing load management, which Yasu will never talk about because we didn't have Jimmy for a matter of weeks or some of our starting players. But when it's other teams, we talk about it. Um, we, when we actually are playing, we're quite inconsistent and we touch and go. Like Kelly not sinking a single three pointer. Jimmy didn't shoot a three point or like last year. We was known as a sniper type team. So it was get the ball. Everyone can shoot. Our best three point shooter for the past few weeks has legit, and it's so scary that it's true been Kendrick Nunn and he's been phenomenal, which is why he got the starting spot so far. Um but again, what it is with Miami Heat is look, last year when we went to the finals, we played in the season and we didn't play too great. We was figuring things out. But once we figure them out, can the intensity increase when we get to the playoffs, which we will get to the playoffs because we're the best team in the East. Um and can we actually intent like intensify our game and cut down the slack like playing people like Struess and making him shoot eight three-pointers, allow it. That's not happening in the playoff game. Struce. So. Cool. So,
1: uh, Bam's clearly been your your standout player this season. Um, mm-hmm. Who else is doing well? Obviously, it looks like Te- Hero's in a bit of a sophomore slump. Um, I was reading somewhere that um, Jimmy Butler, I think, is he shooting under 10% from three... Yeah. this season so uh, far. I mean, that's crazy to me because this is the season where everybody's efficiency has gone through the roof, obviously playing without any fans. So um, who are the players over the coming weeks that you're looking to
0: see their play improve,
1: therefore your record improve? You're what, six and four in your last
0: 10? Well, Jimmy's still doing his role. Like the three-point shooting thing, Jimmy's always been a brick from three. Like he's not been a great three-point shooter. Like he he's usually better three-pointers when he's like in the clutch, like what you saw with 76ers when he hit that clutch three-pointer a few times. Um, and same with us his game revolves around mid-range get to the rim and then also assists and he's been phenomenal, I think he's averaging something like 7 or 8 assists this season he's, su- he's shooting his middies, he's shooting something like 43% um, for the season with a very bad 3 point percentage so when Jimmy is playing you can see the difference on the court and defensively he's still doing great, Bam obviously cool Duncan Robinson still sniping but I, you just want to see a bit more of, like his game involve a little bit more and again, Iguodala needs to stop playing 25 minutes for the team. Like, them knees are kneeing right now. Like, they're gone. Stop. It's not MVP Iggy from 2015. And then the last person, obviously, is the young goat in Tyler Hero. This season, he's been good. He's been a bit inconsistent. But again, we're teaching him to play point guard instead of shooting guard like he was before. And again, people are looking out for him. So his game's kind of changing to... Facilitating and running plays rather than just get your buckets like he was last year. So when you got H- Herald, Bam and Jimmy like all stepping up and playing their part, then you will have none and the likes of Duncan Robinson and Dragic, again, who's not really played this season, coming off the bench and actually putting in their shifts as well. You you'll see best team in the East. So you so you're not worried at all? No, nah, I'm. No, nah, we good. We good over here, bro. We was fifth seed last year. Look where we went. Like it's cool. Took out the first seed, took out this seed, like it's normal. It's calm. Um, yes, yeah, sir, I'll,
1: I'll open up the floor to you guys. I don't know how much of the heat you've watched this season, but yeah, um, I
0: mean as much as
3: I've been able to bear because they have been awful. They were your guys, they were your guys last year. And this is why I've been this, yeah, they I was I was big on the heat last year, and I think I, that's one of the things I did ask Shaq as well in like the preseason is as 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 we can all hear, Shaq's a Shaq's very confident in his fellas. Let's put it that way. Uh, whether, whether that's hope or, or or based in more, I don't know. But Illusions I did sort of ask. I, I did sort of ask. Is it sort of lightning in the in a bottle? Um, what they did last year because they were the biggest surprise of the season. No one really gave them um, the credit they deserved until very very late. It was it was. Oh, that's nice. You know, they started well and they were the second seed in the East at one point. And oh, that's nice. They play good basketball, but it won't last. Then they made some good moves towards the end of the season, got in Crowder and Iggy and everything like that, um, and it was okay. Yeah, they're good in the bubble, and then it's our oh, the shooting last in the playoffs, and then it's all oh, right. They smacked up Milwaukee, and then they um, were, let's say, more mature than Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. Macked and up
0: I mean, Boston. Let's yeah, they were.
3: They master. Boston threw it away. Boston threw it away. So, uh, and then and then I still maintain that they were killed by injuries in the finals. So they were amazing last year, but. I think kind of like, it's almost like a hero problem extrapolated uh, across the whole team. People kind of know what to expect with Miami now. They were very distinct in their style. Um, the zone defending wasn't as much of a surprise for people this year as it was last year. The ball movement, you could you could read and play for a little bit more. But then also there's, there's COVID, right? A great equalizer. And so that you can't ignore, um, even when you talk about people like Washington, you can't ignore the COVID factor. And I think Miami, they've been massively affected as well. Butler, in particular, um, he he lost like twelve pounds when he was in, in weight when he was off with COVID, and and he's he is the best player at Miami. Like as much as I love Bam, as much as he he is what drives the team. But I think Butler has come back really really well. The the, the box score might not be great, but every time I've watched Miami, um, they had a bit of a slump recently recently again on the on the road trip, but then picked it up with a win against Sacramento. Picked it up last night against the Lakers. Butler is what drives the entire team he runs the offense he gets everybody accountable gets everybody's level up Um, Bam when everyone was really really out and and it was sufferable was taking a little leap and expanding his game which I think long term will be really really good Um, but Butler is his team and that is where I'm a little bit at with Miami and I sort of wonder hero has been decent. I think sophomore slump's a good word for it, but Shaq's got a really good point there. They've made him sixth man, look after the offense a little bit more, um, more responsibilities. But Jay Crowder hasn't really been replaced. Um, Dragic is that year older in a season where there's less time. Butler's been off with with illness. Kelly Olenek has been having to play way too many minutes than he should be this year. Um, And... I just wonder if they're they're definitely going to make the playoffs. I'm not worried about that at all. I just wonder if they're going to be able to have the same perfect storm of circumstances last year where no one expects it. They they were rolling last year. Don't get it wrong. They were consistent through a lot of the regular season until sort of midway where they started figuring things out. So they had a bit of momentum. They had some new signings, which was an extra boost. It's just not the same this year. I kind of look at them, actually, and see a little bit of Boston in them. Sorry, Shaq, where their they're key guys have missed time for whatever reason. The fringes of the roster have not stepped up in a way that, that they should. They're really in need of an extra player of top, top quality to come in, whether at the four spot or another big man to help Bam out or another scorer. Um, and they were, by all intents and purposes, saving that cap space for a big Giannis move which isn't going to happen now. So, so you I don't know, it's a weird one. I don't know where Shaq thinks they're going to pivot towards this year. I don't really see them linked with anyone. I think they could, again, get some buyout moves to to strengthen them. But I don't know. And they—and this is the difference with Boston. We have two players who are a bit younger. We could maybe lose a year. You've got a 31-year-old Jimmy Butler who you have to make the most of because he's playing the best consistent basketball of his career. So, I don't know, man, like, They'll get the playoffs. They'll be a threat. I just don't really know if they'll ever quite do what they did last year.
2: They they took a gamble in uh, basically leveraging their whole their whole sort of run this season on young guys developing. Um, we see it quite often in the NBA. You you have uh, guys that step up in the playoffs and they become linchpins in your squad. Um, hero for all intents and purposes, hasn't dropped off that much in terms of production. He's actually improved in statistical categories. It's just when players know how to defend against you and know what moves are your go-tos, it becomes tougher for you to get those buckets. Duncan Robinson is suffering from the same thing. You can't just sprint off his screens and be open anymore. That's not going to happen, especially without someone like Jay Crowder as an additional threat. You don't have the same the same luxuries that you may have had last season, um, and their offensive rating is totally petered off. As a result, they were one of the top ten offensive teams last season, whereas now they're they're just sitting there at twenty fifth. Um, their defense is still is still fantastic. Um, they're probably still one of those teams that, if I feel like being a bit of a defense nerd and just seeing great effort and a lot of uh, team-oriented play on, on the defensive end. Miami Heat are a team to watch, but they can't generate enough shots and they can't generate enough buckets to really be entertaining the other way around. So um, it will be interesting. Uh, down the line, maybe maybe they make a few moves, maybe get Bradley Bill and rescue him from the gulag. Uh, if not, it's, it's scary hours for Miami.
1: Yeah, they're looking out for that that sort of calibre of player, obviously, start of the season. There was talk about um, them getting James Harden. Um, in the end, that didn't happen.
3: And I don't uh, think they have the move, uh, the pieces, i Either really like buyout market. I think for them, like last year, is the best bet. And I think there's there's players that will help them. I think Myers Leonard's out, out. I think so. You could get that. Yeah. Like, um, that's why I think I see them. In, I see us in them a little bit. I think we'd actually rival each other for similar players. I think. People like Harrison Barnes, Bielitsa, Bielitsa as an end of bench piece to just come on and do that Leonard role. Like, I think that sort of shooting four would be nice for them because I like the backcourt. I love Bam. I got I got corn for even having Bam in my top, top players. At the I love fucking Bam Adebayo. <laughs> I'm mean, Bam Adebayo guy here. Top 20, yeah. <laughs> but,
2: um,
3: but yeah, but I want to ask Shaq something just quickly. Ew. Number one please give me a short answer to this one. In what world are you the best team in the East? Number two, what do you think you need to do now? Because the Giannis train is gone and like even, even things like offering Jay Crowder and, and Dragic one-year deals that were easy to kind of get out of for this upcoming free agency seems attuned to, a, to a, a free agent move this summer. There are no real free agents this summer, except for Oladipo, who you're still linked with. I don't see the fit there at all. Next to Jimmy personally, and then Bill, I think, could opt out at this Yeah, time. There's a few big options. I don't think he will though, because Bill actually really likes it in Washington. This is what all the trade rumors don't quite account for. Um, I think he'll probably stay there for another year. I don't know. But what do you think you're you
0: need and you're
3: gonna do? But don't forget that first question. In what world? In what so, world to
0: keep it short for that first question, the Eastern Conference Champion trophy is currently held in Miami. Best team in the East. Um For number two, um, I don't even know, like, the Yanis trade was kind of what everyone was banking on and everyone's saying "Bill, I would love Bill in the team, even though sometimes he's a brick and I don't like people shooting 25 million shots a game. Bill is deceptively 10. bad from deep. I will add that, by the way. Like, yeah, like, he he just likes uh, to trick them uh, sometimes and sometimes he does weird, weird shots, like driving at three men and doing a circus layup. Like, sometimes it's long, but... Hopefully spoke could get that album if we do get him. I don't really know who to go for. Like in 2022, you got a lot of players on player option, um, free trade, so pretty much Boston. So you got James Harden, KD, Kawhi, Kyrie, Kemba Walker, um Westrick, John Wall. There's a few players in the 2022 that have um, free agents and player options in, and so does um, Jimmy Butler to be fair as well. So maybe something there. It's just about a development kind of scheme and seeing if trades happen. Maybe even getting a good pick um, through trades and like trying to get up on the in the lottery, maybe 10th, 10th in the lottery, something like that. But for now, more or less the team is gonna be what it's been for the past few years, which is stuck in what it is and just keep trying to make strides by hopefully the younger players can step up and develop into something that can take the team over an edge to keep contending for what we was contending for last year we probably won't contend for a chip but we'll um probably like still want to fight and give it that reputation of we're just about there tough
1: out tough out in the second round
0: yeah yeah uh i don't know the last time we left lost in the second round you you might have to remind me but as far as it goes like you know maybe conference finals you know could be we've been getting there
3: okay sir all right great stuff um let's go i just say shaq you need know to get recorded and put out to the public you're gonna have to like face up to
0: this stuff bro. listen i'm gonna live my truth okay best team in the east he's standing like Jon snow in the battle of the bastards mate yeah
2: right he, it, he,
0: he, right. he won that and then he had the artillery he, he's, he's and like, he died in that
1: battle no he, not Jon snow bro the, the artillery came Despite what he says, you can hear it. And if for those of you who are gonna watch this, you can hear it and you can see it in chat that he's got nothing left, to be honest with you. Um, this is this is great stuff. This is great stuff for me. Um, cool. Let's let's talk rookies. I'm gonna go around uh, the panel, talk about some rookies that have really impressed you, why they've impressed you. Um let's get into it. I'll start with you, Yas, because you were you someone who had your eye on the draft. Um, yeah, let's let's talk rookies. What rookies have you taken a liking to and why? I kind of
3: want to start this off by saying Loads of them. And, and I think I want to precursor this chat with the fact that talent identification in any sport is a very difficult thing. And everyone thinks they know everything. And then a season comes around and you realise no one knows a thing. Uh, and the internet nerds are great and they put in a lot of hours into this draft stuff. But really and truly, they get proved wrong or right or wrong often every year. And I think everyone was going into this year saying, oh, the draft is... is not even a good draft. Why would you want picks in this draft? La, 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 la. The smarter people were saying this is a very flat draft in that, okay, you ain't got like a Zion, um, who I'm going to talk about in a little bit, hopefully. But it's, it's, it's pretty consistent across the way. And I think there's been two things that have happened this year for the rookies, which have been really, really cool to see. Number one, this season is bizarre and weird. And rosters are essentially two extra slots than they would be with the new two-way contract rules where those two-way guys who usually are barely able to play are able to play more. Um, And there's all these injuries and missings and health and safety protocols and all this sort of stuff. So if you're a rookie on any given roster, whereas you might not be trusted or given the opportunity at all, this year you're thrust into things. And I think combining with the fact that people underestimated this draft a lot, this draft class, with the fact that coaches who maybe aren't the most trusting of giving young guys a go are having to throw their players in anyway, you're seeing a lot of people come out and surprise people. And I think some people look so, so good and they have so much little potential. So the first big example was James Wiseman. James Wiseman came out second in the draft. Um, and so normal year you'd expect him to smash it, but he was always very much a project and only play three games in college and um, you would have kind of thought that you wouldn't have to play that much. But then you had Draymond out for the start of the season, Clay Thompson out. So people are having to shuffle around roles. Um, and then at that Marquise Chris, Kevin Looney, center rotation was not great. So you might as well give some time to James Wiseman. So James Wiseman, warts and all, he had some mistakes that rookies make, but he got more minutes than he probably would have uh, expected. That ridiculous game where Philadelphia only had seven fit players, Tyrese Maxey basically played 44 minutes. Um, which again, like, wasn't really expected to do, 21st pick. And he's, I love Tyrese Maxey. If, if I was to go in depth of anyone who I think will be really, really good eventually, I think Tyrese Maxey's got a lot, of, a lot of skills. But there's a lot of good players in this draft, which if people have not already seen them, just boot up the YouTube, go and see. There's a courtside focus video on Patrick Williams at Chicago. So if people have missed that, I really like Patrick Williams. He's come in second youngest player in the whole NBA, um, and he's being asked to guard Kawhi. Asked to guard LeBron and doing well on them. Um, but then you go like middle, middle of the middle of the draft where people usually don't amount to much. Devin Vassell, number 11, Mm.
2: looks
3: looks really mature at San Antonio. Is being managed his minutes quite well because he's quite guard and 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 wing-heavy there, but he's been really good. Tyrese Halliburton dropped to 12 somehow. I'll let Side talk on him, but he's been really, really good. Kiri Lewis Jr. New Orleans need to just dead off this Bledsoe-Lonzo thing if they're going to trade the latter and just play Kyrie Elias Jr. all the time because he looks really fun. And then you've got people like Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony dropped to 15 before getting injured was a real bright spot for Orlando. Um, Sadiq Bey at 19 is an automatic NBA-level shooter. He's taken no time whatsoever to get, to get acclimatized. And then you just look, again, we're, we're at 20 now in the draft. Precious Shaq can talk on has has contributed to a Miami team. Tyrese Maxey has contributed to a Sixers team. Uh, Emmanuel quickly, 25th in the draft, was seen as a second rounder by a lot of people, has been huge as a positive for for New York. New York. I know that Sai's going to talk on him a little bit. Peyton Pritchard, 26th, and he's my Peyton.
2: (laughs) Peyton, Peyton's one of those. I I, I,
1: I love this. I love this one that you're talking about. Yes, and you mentioned it at the start. Um, this happens every year. There's always a talk of there not being much talent um, and how difficult it is to identify talent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But every draft always has two or three players who go on to become all stars and go on to become faces of franchise.
3: Oh, the 30th pick this year is leading the NBA in three-point percentage in Desmond Bain, and he and he can and he's not just a spot-up guy. It's like, there's, there's so many. And then there's loads of second rounders who will be good later down the line. Jaden McDaniels will be good in a few years. You're absolutely right in that people write people off so quick. They're rookies, bro. They're kids. <laughs> and, and they're coming into something as mad as the NBA. And it might take them a year. It might take them six months. But there's so many good players in this, in this one, I think. Um, even in the second round, bro. Even in the second round. Like, I'm loving um, Tillman at Memphis. I don't know how Memphis get it right every time, by the way. Some teams just get it right. Spurs, annoyingly, the Heat, Memphis, get it right all the time.
1: Yeah,
3: I think, for me, I'm actually big on identifying
1: the characters behind these players as well, because I think they people underrate how important that is um, in these players getting better. Um, sometimes they can is,
3: overdo it. This year,
1: yeah, they can overdo it with the Jalen Brown stuff, saying he's too clever, and he's a bit of a smart-ass, do you we, do we want him in your locker room? Um, but Most of this development is intrinsic. I listened to a pod a few months ago and um, Chris Paul was on and he was um, talking about his career and he was making the point that um, his first real, real jump as a player was after his college year and before the draft and um, after the draft. And that was when he made that improvement. And it's that constantly working on your craft. And like Sai mentioned, once you kind of get that spotlight, people know your go-to moves. So what are you adding to your bag now? What are you going away in the summer and working on? What are the things that you're good at that you need to get a bit better on? But what are also the things that you're not good at at all and you need to add to your game to make you a more layered player? Can make passes out of the pick and roll, can pass out of a double team. Um, It's always interesting to watch these players develop. But like Yas kind of mentioned, I'm going to speak to both uh, Sai and Shaq about some of their favourite rookies. Let's start with quickly uh, in New York, Sai, and your thoughts on him.
2: Yeah. So as 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 you mentioned, one of the things you look for in in young players is moves and what how they how they approach the game more so than the numbers and all of that sort of stuff. So Emmanuel quickly is one of those really interesting players to watch because he only really shoots threes or floaters. That's literally his game. He either bombs from three or he gets into the lane and it's a nice little floater and. The consistency of it is, is astounding. Um, one of the things that more nuanced viewers will notice is when he comes off of uh, screens or picks, the angle that he takes on, on coming out of it always puts his body between the ball and the man, which is quite a savvy veteran type move that the likes of Trey Young are getting slaughtered for this year. The likes of James Harden get slaughtered for every year. And it, what it does is it allows him to dictate those those matchups um, and you don't get that unless you've studied the game and one of the things that I've noticed is obviously he's he's still got a lot of maturation, his percentages aren't fantastic um he's still quite quite weedy in terms of his build, but because of his length and because of his athleticism, and most important because of his i q he can always get to the spots where he's comfortable. And that will that will be invaluable as he gets older because he'll be able to dictate what the defense does, as opposed to the di- defense dictating where he goes on the court. Uh, so it's it's really good to see such a young player have such such a refined offensive uh, understanding so early on. It's a
3: shame, Sire, that last year's uh, March Madness and college stuff didn't like pop up as it used to because Quigley and Maxi were basically Kentucky's backcourt. And they're both just the floater dons of this year. Like, they're just ridiculous in that. I would have yeah, loved to see nice. them actually go in, going at a, a final four or a final eight or something. It would have been sick. And I think that played a part in maybe why people were were down on this year a bit as well. Who knows?
2: Mm-hmm. Really Maxi's, Maxi's sort of uh, controlling of tempo is pretty much the most impressive thing I've seen from any rookie, to be perfectly honest. Uh, that was... During, during that spell where he was getting extended minutes, that was one of the things that me and Yaz were were sort of uh, sitting there messaging each other about is just the maturity of, of of this kid. And they always say like the game slows down as you have years in the NBA, but that kid literally just plays at his own pace and gets busy. Um, so yeah, th- those those two players are, are are two for people to look out for at lesser teams. I'd say. Cool.
1: Um, I'll come to you, Shaq, uh, your Miami Heat. Um, You drafted Precious Achua. Um, Give us your thoughts on how how he's done um, these first few months of his rookie season.
0: Um, I think, well, he's played 30 games for us around about, I think, maybe 28-ish, something like that. And for me, I'm a bit underwhelmed because of the expectation I had of him. But from what you see on the court and his mannerisms, you do like what he could maybe become so when you see, like, as you were saying for quickly, et cetera, like you see his, man- his mannerisms and how he actually acts on the court. Um, Precious actually, like, he's a lot of, he's got a lot of energy. He likes to try and get around the court as well. He loves a, he loves a screen. He actually loves a screen. Um, the only thing is when it comes to offense, he's not as assertive as I'd, as I'd like a young player to be. He doesn't like to shoot the mid-range. He's definitely, he's not shot a three all season, So when you give it to him in the post, his post moves aren't as developed as you'd want him to, as you want him to be, and he can learn that. But again, like, the person he's going to learn from most is probably Jimmy, who likes to shoot fadeaway um, post moves. And Bam isn't the best post player in the world. So where he's going to learn it, um, hopefully the coaching team teaching that. But, like, if you want to go with, like, the statistics way of it, um, he shoots four times in the game. And you'd want to see him, like, have more more than four shots his rebound is decent he's got sometimes a little bit of butterfingers he forgets that he can actually catch the ball and hold it but Precious is good um I had a lot higher expectations if I'm honest like you know I was being biased and saying we just got like a powerful version of Joel Embiid in my head but um no Precious is good and I enjoy what he brings to the team I would like to see him just develop his game but I say that about everyone in Miami Heat like I want to see Harrell get more ISO moves. I want to see Bam get a mid-range or a more consistent mid-range and I want to see Precious like just pick up more slack and maybe get into the post and call for the ball and say give me this possession. He don't really like to do that too often. He would rather get the ball than get the putt back but there there comes a time when it's your time to shine and if you have the ball with 10 seconds in the post forget the pass out take it to the rim but um, what he can be and what he brings to the court is a lot of energy and He's a good player. He's a good player.
1: Yeah, that 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 comes with time as well. You know, a lot of the time in in the locker room, there's a hierarchy. Uh, you you're not coming in as a rookie and and demanding the ball. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on Precious because he seems to have the the blueprint of of being a solid player in this league at the very least. Uh, Sai, um, let's talk Halliburton. Let's talk uh, Sacramento Kings. Um, this is my bag. I was a big fan of him before the draft. Um, but I just love when these players just come out of nowhere and they just look comfy, man. They just come out of nowhere and they look comfy at the pro level, man. So, so so your thoughts?
2: Yeah, so uh he's he's an interesting one because he ended up sliding to 12th in the in the draft. Um and as as Yaz mentioned, Devin Vassell was one of the ones that I had my eye on. Uh so Halliburton is literally like for me, the type of player that I gravitate towards. He's super, super efficient, super high IQ, plays both sides of the floor. Um, he's an oversized guard as well, so he's 6'5", can play the one or the two guard position. Um, literally, the only bad thing I can say about him, which isn't even a bad thing, is his shooting form is just a little bit awkward. Um, but he gets that thing off, man. He's a he's a gunslinger, he's shooting 44% from three, 49% from the field. Um, he's He's an interesting one because his usage rate compared to some of the other uh, rookies that are sort of his contemporaries is particularly low. Uh, So he's lower than Lonzo, it's lower than Quickly, but his numbers are right there and thereabouts with both of them. Um, So in terms of like his playmaking, he is probably the best playmaker on that team, even with the Aaron Fox as the primary guard at the Sacramento Kings. Um, And that, for me, is telling. Um, I was was watching a video on the ringer the other day, um, and they were talking about him and and, the Aaron Foxes plus plus minus when they are on the court together, and it's something like negative 13 or something of that nature. Um, So the Kings really do find themselves in a weird position where do do you shift the two positions of these guys to accommodate Halliburton, who has shown that he's a more mature and refined player pretty much across the board, or do you go down to the wall and basically turn D'Aaron Fox into that prototypical uh, scoring point guard and just put the ball in his hands and let him work? Um, so it would be interesting to see how it develops. But yeah, Halliburton is, is one of those players where if I was to break down like, what I look for in a young player... And where I see them developing, he's probably he looks like a third-year player to me. Um, The only thing letting him down is the the amount of minutes that he's getting and the role that they're driving through him. Because in terms of his IQ skill set and even size, he's he's got it all. Um, If he packs on like twenty pounds, he's 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 going to be a star.
0: Uh, He reminds me of um um what's my man is but Dejounte Murray. Just with yeah. a better three point shot, like, and probably a little bit better in playmaking as well. But like, I like the John De Nore. But yeah, Halliburton looks nice this year. Again, I just hope he doesn't get that DeMarcus Cousins curse and play for the Kings for too long. And then it's out and actually goes he to When he went there, <laughs> I don't want to
3: watch them. <laughs> and they, look they, right. they look all,
2: all right this all right season. This year. <laughs> they're fun, man. They're fun. He's they're probably
3: different. played a
1: big part in that. They look all right this season. Uh, um. De'Aaron Fox has gone up a level, it seems, as well. They all star talk around his name. And um, they have to get it right eventually. You keep drafting the lottery. Eventually, you you gotta get something. You gotta get something going, man. That's
2: what the Knicks said. Recovering from Bagley, though, man. <laughs> but the,
3: the thing you'd hope they're good with a, a one pick the other year with Bagley, a five pick with Fox. A, they've got Bus on like a top five talent dropping to twelve with Halliburton. Rashawn Holmes is a good player. Harrison Barnes is a good player. Buddy Hill can have good nights, like. Boys, it's probably time to fourteen-year playoff drought. They are abysmal. Can I just quickly ask on the rookies? Is is Lamelo just got it sewn up with the hype machine, or is there no. any chance no. that oh. someone maybe and maybe now that people realize Edwards is fun, they they might uh, pivot their camera over to to Minnesota a bit. But it's just he had it sewn up on day one, a lot.
0: No, so he had it sewn up since the second we spoke about bar Ball, and that's before Lonzo even got drafted but Le Melo, like, I mean, the only Melo we acknowledge in basketball nowadays, um, he's cold. Like, you gotta stop doing that, man. These like Gen
1: that. Z
0: kids, man. I'm
1: about to say Dude, that, I'm literally about to say
0: that. I, I, I'm here this for that. Like, no, <laughs> Melo, Melo's pretty much got his sewn so up. but Anthony Edwards is putting on a show. The only problem for Anthony Edwards is he's somewhat brickish in games. Like, he's he attacks the rim well, he somewhat facilitates to an extent as well. Like he's good with it. And he's nice. Like I like Anthony Edwards. And for me, he's second, but he's a bit brickish. I think he's shooting something like 30% from free and 35% from the field. I think a big thing with Edwards compared to Lamelo is
3: is is the situation they landed in. Like if you go look at the that again plug, shameless. Hashtag courtside focus. Uh, We did one on Lamelo a little bit ago, and I've said at the end of it, like Lamelo has landed in such a perfect spot. Some people were a bit like, Mm -hmm. "Oh, what Charlotte? You know, not the biggest market for for a star like that, bro." He's landed in such a good spot in that he could rotate in that guard stuff with with um, Graham and Rozier, but also just he's he's in a he's in a a ball oriented like passing oriented team um, that suits him. Whereas Anthony Edwards is gone into a dumpster fire like the Timberwolves are a total mess and probably the worst team in the NBA now that the Wizards well the Pistons may be a push but the the Wizards are picking up the Timberwolves are really bad and really weirdly put together and Cat obviously had his personal stuff going on which didn't help things D'Angelo Russell being out might be a blessing in disguise for Edwards but he's not landed in a good position I think for him to shine, really. Hopefully, it gets better now. That he's he's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot. But but Lamelo has no. I don't think Lamelo realizes how lucky he is in that lottery, boy. Lamelo could have been could have been a lot of other places that weren't as nice to him. Um, like Isaac Okoro's gone to Cleveland and is just suffering mm. because he, Cleveland after that first little burst at the start of the season, Cleveland are awful and another mis misbalanced roster. So Charlotte was perfect for Lamelo to drop into, bro.
0: Yeah, I, I like I like both situations. Well, not both situations. I I like both players. I'll take lamello The facilitating side of it is just too crazy as well. And again, it's the hype. I won't even lie to you. The hype plays into it a little bit as well. Like you see. Yeah, to- yeah, that's that's your bag. That's your bag. Uh, not even not even just me, like people. <laughs> like, you know, I'll see Anthony Edward Edwards think of three. I'm like, bucket, cool. If I see a sink a of three, I might put a three in the sky and start celebrating myself. Like it's just it's the aura. He's cold. The yeah, I know
1: exactly. He's a cool
0: kid as well, and that's what I like about him. Like, even if he watches interviews, he's just a cool kid. He likes to play. Like, so I appreciate. Speaking, the
2: game. speaking of interviews, yeah. Anthony Edwards is the most entertaining rookie yeah. in, this, in this class in terms of just sheer personality, and he's he's just real. He's just one of those guys you want to root Facts. for. He, you can you can tell that like, the media spin they put on him not being like NBA first, he wanted to play in the NFL like so many other kids. Um, they, they sort of tried to put that little shade on his name and he's he's just combated it with having high, high levels of charisma and just being one of those kids who you enjoy watching. He looks like he's having fun on a basketball court. He's always smiling. He's always got a sound bite. Like he's he for me is going to be the one that, in two, three years time, we're going to look at and be like, all right, cool. him from top to bottom. He's a star. Yeah. I don't I... see the personality in Lamelo as much as maybe Shaq does, but that's just me. Yeah. The
0: only, the only thing I'll say is why where Edwards might not make it is if you keep dunking like that, you will go prison. <laughs> and I will foul court files myself. You can't do that to people. Like,
1: yeah, I like him. I like you. He scored a three over LeBron. He was there grinning as he ran up the court. Um, they were talking to Ricky Rubio a few days ago, and he was mentioning how he kind of struggled uh, first few uh, first few months of the season. And he mentioned that Anthony Edwards was a, the big reason why things had turned around. And Ricky's a vet, and he's a, a rookie, so it just shows the effect and the impact he has on. He has on people, but again, he's a player who um, has the pieces. It's all about bringing it together. So he seems to be saying the right things. He seems to have the work ethic in there. So it's it's us watching his development over the next couple of years. Um, and just to finish up, let's let's talk a bit about um, All Star MVP talk. Um, we'll talk about Dame and Steph. Obviously, uh, I viciously added you the other day, side. having yeah. a great I'm season. Rattled. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's having a great season with a couple of um, his uh, co-conspirators out injured. He's kind of risen to the to, to the um, forefront even more so. I'm always kind of like in two minds when it comes to player stats right now, just because of the, the scenario that they're playing in. But despite that, um, his Blazers are 18 and 11. Um, and on the other hand, you've got uh, Steph Curry, who's putting up uh, pretty much uh, identical numbers with his MVP season not quite getting the same amount of wins uh, for obvious reasons. I just wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on the seasons they're having and, and the MVP chatter around their names. I'll, I'll start with you here, Yas, um, and then we'll, we'll open it up to the floor.
3: I, well, I think I think an MVP episode is probably overdue at some point, and that'll be its own thing because kind of like the All-Star chat, I think we need to get really into what makes an MVP because I'm seeing MVP lists of like seven or eight guys and I'm thinking I don't know if that's quite the point uh you well
1: know sorry just to interject do you know what I think it's comes from the place of the NBA and like the writers and the fans being obsessed with the MVP truth is it's too early for us to be talking about who the MVP is but
3: we, we gotta talk about something don't yeah, we and I think that's where the <laughs> thing is nice in that people are saying MVP caliber because you because he is putting up not nah, step I mean Steph was um Steph had an explosion Again, like no, nah, I'm not even gonna get into it. But again, like record matters, but especially this year, man. Especially this year, I think record is gonna matter the le- or should matter the least because of how many people are missing, guys. Constant fluctuations of, of who they're playing with, um, and I think maybe this year it should be individual more than else. I think as far as guards go, they they are both. Um, leading the way I think they're probably as it stands the two guards on my all NBA first team let's put it that way Um Kyrie and Harden could get there by the end if no one takes more time off uh, or tanks anything I think that naturally is going to hit their kind of standing compared to Damon and Steph I, I kind of want to talk about Dame more to be honest I think Steph gets gets his love and whatever and Steph doesn't need to do much to hit headlines but we go back to the all-star thing about Dame getting people calling it a snub. And I think it was a bit of a snub, um, not starting with Doncic starting. That was the fan vote that decided that. So the media and the players had Doncic and Dame dead even. And I, I think they have had really, really good years, both of them. And I I'd go as far as saying Doncic's roster might even be worse than the injured trailblazers. That's how bad I think some of the Dallas players are. But they've both been great. But I think Dame has just been ridiculous. The fan vote, I think, that carried Luka Doncic over the line was Europe, man. Like, obviously, if, if you've got an international, worldwide fan vote and you've got Europeans on there online, the Real Madrid Dons and that, then, then that's what's going to carry him. But I don't feel like Dame he gets the highlights. He gets the logo threes, like one last night that we clipped up. He gets the Dame time, you know, fourth quarter. But I don't feel like he ever quite gets the respect that a Kyrie, even a Kyrie gets, even a, even a Beal, like Beal's getting all this, chat. you think so, I don't know, you know, I don't think, Dame gets, I think Dame gets, I think Dame is liked, I think Dame is rated, but I just don't see him talked about in the same or inspired way as like you know a Kyrie, though. you
1: know, you know why that is
3: though, um, his... because of his market, I get yeah, that, but market. Um,
1: his market, the great equalizer, like, will always be winning. You will never ever quite get your respect unless you're winning stuff. And um, his game, while it's aesthetically pleasing, it's not as flashy as other guys' game. Yeah. But last season, they, they were comparing him to Steph. And it's, and, it's not
2: as dynamic, though. Yeah, and the yeah, dynamic yeah. is evil. E- any of those guys really. I, I drop Beal out of that conversation. I think his famed contemporaries are Kyrie and Steph. But I um, feel like you'll see
3: Bill talked. Maybe it's because he's a potential trade piece. I get that. But I see Beal talked
0: about as as a better scorer. Half He's time dropping today. fifty points in like back to back nights, like him scoring when Beal is actually having a scoring night. We get it. It's with a bunch of trash people playing in the Wizards, but it's like he's doing the most in dropping fifty points, forty five points, etc. It's gonna be very inefficient. We get it. But cool. Whereas Dame will drop a subtle 30 points per game, and we know, but that's what we know him for. I hear that. But like Dame, Dame is a regular, ridiculous
3: numbers guy. He's just come off. Okay, they lost last night to Bill, actually. I completely forgot that. So it's funny that. But um, (laughs) he's just come off four games of 30 points and 10 assists in a row. He's carrying a a battered roster again. Like he's always, there's always something wrong up there in Portland. He's always going to be limited by where he can carry them because of who they're going to attract. Like he's had no McCollum, no Nurkic for basically the season. Um, and yeah, man, he's just ridiculous. And I, I think the flashiness is a point of sight. Like people really underestimate how good his handle is, how good his passing is, how good his finishing is. Like he drops the bombs from everywhere with Steph range. But I think, yeah, just people really underestimate how good he is. And you look no. at like his, his clutch numbers historically, and especially this season. So like last two minutes of a, or last three minutes of a game being close. It's just ridiculous, like the ice in his veins that he just has and he just steps up and some of the shots he's pulled off. Like, I, I just feel like I want to see more people who are just like, yeah, I'm a Dame fan.
0: and I, The I thing don't. is, I would say the one thing, like, it's, it's about getting used to certain things. So, like, if I watch, um, uh, well, God forbid I keep watching them, but the Golden State Warriors, and I see Steph drop six of six from three, I'm just going to be like, Steph? And when I see Dame drop 30 points and shoot some of logo threes, I'm saying, stain. The only, the, only, the only thing with the flashiness is like when Kyrie's doing flashiness, it's pump faking LeBron on a pass to do a spin around mid range, which is rude, or taking someone's ankles. Steph doing a step back three in someone's face. Honestly, I don't care anymore because I know he's gonna do it. It's like same as i know not that I don't care, but like Dame, the the hype of it is like he shot a logo three. Stain. <laughs> like, I'm used to yeah, it Literally, literally so, <laughs> Like, Bill dropping 45 points back-to-back Nice, are saying, damn, like Even Zach Levine, like, damn, he's dropping buckets Like, we know he's a bucket, but they're dropping buckets It's surprising because we're not used to it As consistently as they've been doing it this year With Dame, like, we've given him his fruits Because we're so used to him dropping this That like, we expect him to just drop buckets And tap his wrist, like I
2: think, I think the, the, the defining piece for Dame And I I will say I'm a massive fan of Damian Lillard. I am. It's just when you are in a place like Portland and you've sort of overachieved in some instances and then underachieved in others, you sort of get the fatigue of, okay, I now need to see you in a different situation to really gauge what your level is and where you'll stand amongst this group of elite guards when all is said and done. And at Mm. this moment in time, His best bet is to have an MVP over, say, a Kyrie because the chip looks like it's a long way away. His best sort of uh, comparison to Steph Curry will be how many logo threes can I hit because the accolades just aren't ever going to match up. That is partly down to the situation that they're in. But I do think there are aspects of Dame's game that do leave a bit to be desired. He's not as dynamic going to the rim as Steph or Kyrie. He's not a better shooter than, than Steph. He's not more efficient. Well, he's not really more efficient than Kyrie. Doesn't have the aesthetically pleasing nature of Kyrie either. So he is one of those players who we we give points for the fact that he's led a, a team that is sort of in that weird spot where they're good but they're not great. He's led them to defining moments he's not really done much. He's not really done much. And we 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 can't we can't really gauge where he actually stands alongside those guys until he's in a situation where he is a certified, undeniable contender. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles for yeah, that super team change Look
3: at you, man. That super team changed you. Now it's all about yeah. just go and join a situation. I'm disgusted. So uh, listen,
2: better, listen, but... I I'm 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 all for the romanticized view of like players. Uh, sticking it out with the team that drafts them and all of that good stuff but the street cred of that doesn't translate to anything when all is said and done if if we look back as far as say at AI, Alan Iverson for me is one of the top five most influential players we've ever seen in the game of basketball but when we look at the number three there's a bunch of other guys that whose name will pop up for me that's a disrespect but the fact of the matter is is it doesn't matter what you've done if you haven't won, and that, that's 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 just the way that the narratives end up spinning because sports can be pickle.
3: Yeah, that's the thing I've never really liked about something like the NBA, where there can only be one winner and whatever. And like Chris Paul suffered from that slightly as well. But you've brought up a really good point with Iverson. Obviously, Iverson has all the off the court stuff, the bringing forward of certain fashion elements and the character and the this that and the other. That Dame doesn't, um, but I think that's quite a good parallel for how I see Dame will be remembered mm. post everything. I think I have a funny feeling Dame will probably be appreciated more five years after he's done than than now because yeah, he's always just oh yeah, he's the second best point guard after Steph. That's kind of just the 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 consensus thing of him. So, but it sucks, man. Like, he's, is he, I think I saw a match that yesterday where they're like one of the best offensive rating teams with one of the worst straight ins. Yeah. I want exactly.
0: exactly put on his back. <laughs> like, two two back. things I'll say is, well, one in size comment about like AI and seeing the number three. D Wade exists. Don't do that. Um yeah,
2: precisely. D Wade,
0: um, D Wade, DP3, but D Wade more than anyone else because that's the GOAT. Um, and number two is like with Damon MVP talk and like what you said, Yassin is for me. I don't really want my MVP to come from the fifth seed again or the sixth seed again. Like when Westbrook won it and sixth seed, like there was players that Favocity, were... privacy. That's privacy, by the way. I don't exactly. And you don't think if I'm saying the most valuable player in the league, like in terms of like making it specifics, if I'm the leading star in a team that's in. First seed, second seed, and I'm also putting up good amount of numbers. I'm valuable to wins, like that's just how I see it as well. So for me, like right now, why would we yeah, not? Then there's a, but, buy... then there's,
3: but then there's, there's parts to that, isn't there? Like, okay, I'm valuable to wins, but is it are you that valuable if you're one of a two, three man band that are
0: getting those wins? Exactly. We but mean, we need a podcast, like Donovan, because Donovan Mitchell, because like your next the player the is really go like, Donovan Mitchell is really go Gobert. Like, that's your next best player. I think I'm more valuable in that sense because we're also the first seed right now with 23 wins, 24, maybe, something like that. Like, the value's there. Joel Embiid right now, like, MVP talk 100%. Your first seed in the East, I believe. But then then it gets silly, like, okay, so obviously you're not going to bring this one up again
3: massively, but there's the Embiid-Jokic thing, right? And everyone's like, ah, oh, record. Jokic is, like, three games off. Yeah, probably more important to that. Well, they're both as important, I guess, but he's on a worse roster, I'd, I'd go as far as saying, just because of how bad their depth is. So it's a tough one, man. I think that's we need a podcast closer to the time in terms of what MVP really means, because I think it means different things to different people. And I think that comes across in the voting. But for sure, Lillard is hitting the numbers and the level of value, if we're going to use that, that V in, in literal terms. Mm-hmm. Um, ahead of pretty much half the league because if it wasn't for him, Portland would be a very,
0: very, 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 very different team. And they're like fifth seed as well. So yeah, like, it's I, a, I agree. It's, it's yeah. little to win.
1: And, um, Listen, he plays in the West, man. Um, he's always had a golden state, a Houston um, in his in his way. Um, I guess when his contract finishes, I guess Ty makes a point and it's, it's a decision. Dame strikes me as the sort of guy who'd stay around and he'd want to stay with a team, and he'd be more interested in in bringing guys to him. But when, a lot of when guys,
2: when his deal is done, when but, his deal oh, is oh, done, oh, he's oh, not that's, that's
1: what we that's what we thought Westbrook was, you know. And eventually, guys get tired of um, playing at um, that level, not getting their recognition, and they're athletes and their competitors as well. They want to win. So, um, you you think he's going to lay side
2: when when it's all when it's all said and done? Um, him and, him, him, and, AD, him, and him and AD just seem like the 100%. matchup. That will be leading the NBA in in three years' time. Like it, it for me, seems inevitable. Like right, so, uh, will he be. He strikes free. me as he strikes me as a number two. I can't lie, man. Like, oh yeah,
1: definitely. Um, My put- thing has always been. Oh, we, we, if we start talking, we'll get into all sorts of different mm-hmm. conversations. So uh, off the back of this pod, we probably have to do like half a dozen other pods. Um, so we'll stop there. I thank you all for your time. Yes, Shaq, Zai, always a pleasure um yeah like subscribe retweet use the hashtag join the conversation if you're listening to the podcast and you're enjoying certain discussions use the hashtag at the twitter account uh let's talk hoops man peace
0: peace guys let's bless
2: sports social podcast network